This is the Athletic Baseball Show on the Athletic Podcast Network. And that is hammered. Oh, my. Man, that ball got out of here in a hurry. You know, anything travels that far out of have a damn stewardess on it, don't you think? to the roundtable with Grant Brisby, Andy McCullough, and Mark Carrig on the Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to episode number 77 of the roundtable. I'm Grant Brisby here with Andy McCullough and Mark Carrig. Uh, Mark, how are you doing today? This is square table. I know. It, it, it's rectangular. This it isn't a square off. at all. You rectangular. This is me. Tired. All right, Andy, how you doing? Good. We got a new sponsor. What you got? Bucky's, the gas station to go to when you want more than gas. All right, fair enough. Try Bucky's. And then well, what else do you got there? Oh, we still got the moon pies, yeah. Moon pies. Uh, just just a little behind the scenes how the sausage is made. Andy spent last night at the bar with uh, a moon pie in each pocket, and he would come up and offer them to anyone who would listen, uh, a warm pocket moon pie uh, while you're drinking. <laughs> I passed it up. I don't know how I did it. Uh, I think everyone passed it up, right? I got well, first of all, you make it seem like I was just doing that last night. Um, <laughs> I did. Uh, I became a little irritable about the sort of uh, Otani Dave Roberts discourse mm. and people sort of complaining about Dave Roberts just saying a basic fact that was going to be reported. Uh, and so I came up with a strategy that if anyone asked me about that, I would just say, hey, do you want a moon pie and hand it to him and uh, walk away? And yeah. so I, I gave away like five. It was great. There's that. I mean, there's a moon pie, and then there's a moon pie that's warmed by the flesh of Andy McCullough. It's um, better. Yeah. When you eat it up. You, well, you gave that away up on five? I gave away a lot of moon pies last Dude, you, you were, you're probably the most active team at these winter meetings. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into it. Let's talk about that Dave Roberts quote. Uh, will he be fired? No. No. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I was surprised by it. Look, I, I, look I, yeah, okay. a lot of people were surprised, and I think that it became pretty clear that that was not the uh, intended outcome of his uh, scheduled address with reporters. It's not like he came up there being like, I'm going to you know, take a shot across the bow. He just you know, answered a question honestly that uh, he figured was going to be put out. It's not a secret that the Dodgers want Shohei Otani. Uh, it's not like it's not earth shattering in any way. And the fact that it was treated that way lets you know how much sort of control that uh, Otani and his agents at, you know, CAA led by Nesbolello are trying to conduct over this process. And it's made it, frankly, ridiculous. And, you know, as I think a lot of people have written uh, in the past couple of days and then subsequently gotten screamed at, uh, really tedious. Like, it should be, I, I personally think, and look, I'm, I'm biased because I'm a journalist, and so I'm in the interest of transparency and providing information to the readers. Uh, I think all the teams who met with him, first of all, they are able to do this because it doesn't violate the CBA. They could come out and say, yeah, we met with Shohei Otani. We would love Shohei Otani on our team. He's awesome. We're not taking any further questions. Yeah. We're not going to tell you what we're offering. We're not going to tell you how we intend to use him. We're not going to tell you what he wants. We're not going to tell you what our pitch was. We're not going to tell you anything. But yes, did we meet with him? Do we want him on our team? Yes. I like the idea that it's a, a test. 
It's like, uh, you know, can you uh, not think about the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man? You know, it's just, can you just not mention Shohei Otani? And then, like, that's a check. Like, yeah, they've got a good, disciplined front office. what? Just to prove that you got a good discipline. The Dodgers win a hundred games every year. Yeah, but they're. Sloppy. I'm sorry. They're this is sloppy. not. This is like clearly no. sloppy now. They're, it's ridiculous. It's sloppy just, organization. It's prepos- Like it's preposterous. It's pretty uh, honestly, and it's so like. I, the, the, there's a term in the sport. Right? Uh huh. This is a tired act. Tired. This, <laughs> this is tired. This whole thing is tired, and it's like, what a wasted opportunity for the sport. Yeah. All right, and now the counter to that is well. This is an individual. It's his own process, whatever. How, how many other, you know, free agents do you see being this open about stuff? And like, that's interesting. Yet, we've never had a free agent like this. This is a very, like, different scenario. And maybe, you know, this is one where you do treat it differently. And maybe, like, being open about it is good for everyone involved. But, you know, anyway. Well, here's the thing. Otani is about to sign a contract that will almost certainly shatter the record for the largest in North American sports, probably half a billion dollars or more. He's not getting that money because he's really awesome at baseball and, you know, doing that because he's able to do things that no one's ever done before in his field. He's doing it because he does that in a field that has generates billions of dollars every year, you know, $11 billion, 12, whatever it is. And part of that, is this the winter meetings, the offseason, the hot stove, selling tickets, selling merch, generating excitement? It's an entertainment business. Fair and this enough. is purposely not entertaining. And I understand, you know, privacy, all that, but it's like, it's not a big deal to know that these are the five teams in on him. He's going to get paid like half a billion dollars. You can tolerate people knowing that these are the five teams who want to sign it. That is not a grievous violation of privacy. But we do know. So, it- you know what I mean? Like we we know we do yeah we do know because of reporters who are being yelled at for reporting, uh you know on the internet yeah for doing our jobs and providing things. By the way, everyone seems to know that he wants privacy, even though he hasn't spoken in four months. He's never vocalized that. That's a good. The point. reason that's in the ether and the readers know that is because of reporting, which don't, is what we do. Well, don't him. Don't speak yourself. <laughs> sorry, sorry, which is what Mark and I used to do. Right. Which is what I do, basically. <laughs> It's funny because yeah. like you don't do any reporting at all. He picked up the phone last week. Dang it! Why? It was the credit card company calling. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I called a, a, a German tennis star, mm-hmm. Bjorn Borg, uh, Bettina Bungie. Oh. <laughs> Bungie. Yeah. Now I picked up the phone. We had <laughs> delightful conversation. <laughs> reporting. Between reporting, baby. Yeah, yeah that's funny. Uh, yeah. I listen. For me, the the biggest say, isn't that uh, Nick Cave's guitarist, Bettina. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that would be a good one. Uh, the biggest problem with the winter meetings for me is that Otani's, you know, stepping on the hose of all the other transactions. <laughs> yeah. He's kinking the hose. But that's not his fault. That's other teams. That's that are, his right. That aspect. Like, well, that, he has nothing to do with he that. He can decide on whenever he wants to. And you can be annoyed about that. Like, it's more than just. Sorry, I'm cutting you off. I, I, you I sure think, are. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> He's going to offer him a moon pie. Would you like a moon pie? <laughs> I kind of would. Um, no, it. it that's that's the biggest thing. That that's the biggest part of the winter meetings is that uh, you, you, everyone's waiting for. When's the last time you heard a Blake Snell rumor? Right, like that's he won the uh, Cy Young yeah. and he's a free agent. Mm-hmm. When's the last time you heard of? Well, this team's interested in Blake Snell. No, because they're all waiting. I mean, we yeah. our our top forty big board free agent big board, right? I think there's four signings of the forty. Yeah. Four. 
Yeah. Okay. One in the top ten. So no, take it back. Is it two? Two in the top ten. Four overall. That's dumb. Well, it's who, already, you know, it's the last day of the winter meetings, and that's where we're at. Aaron Nola and who's the other one? Uh, Sonny Gray. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So one in the top ten that switched teams. Yes. Man, that is pretty bleak. That is pretty bleak. Yeah, and I understand that that is frustrating. I think that the industry is sort of plugged up waiting for Otani to decide. That I have less of a problem with from like a uh, 30,000 foot stance because he can pick, maybe he hasn't gotten an offer he likes yet. That's fine. Sure. But this idea that he is afforded, like the idea that teams just acknowledging basic facts that they want to acquire the best player who's come around in however many years and that that's treated as an egregious violation of privacy. I'm like, I'm sorry, like to quote John Draper, that's what the money's for. I get paid the money so that people talk about you. They're not, you know, speculating on your, on your, you know, the private life. They're not speculating on what you do away from the field. It's just, they, these teams want to sign you and to present that as, well, if you, if you discuss that, like, you know, that's really unfair to him. No, it's not. Shut up. Grow up. Uh, he's going to get paid so much money I'll, because he's awesome and because he's in an industry that rewards people for their awesomeness. And part of that is all of this. It's all connected. It's an entertainment business. I will paraphrase Don Draper, too. Uh, he doesn't think about you at all. <laughs> he just wants to do his own thing. Like I, I'm, I'm talking more about the. I, I was, and again, like reading the comments is a mistake. I just, I was taken aback by how readers were objecting to reporters, columnists saying, "Hey, this should be more exciting." I, I, <laughs> like, hey, we want to, we want to entertain you. Hey, we want you guys to have information. And readers saying, "Screw you, we don't want that." <laughs> well, I, I, I kind of liked Ken's idea where it's you have a hard deadline for multi-year contract. You know, you can still yeah, yeah. At, like I kind yeah. of like that idea, and it's something that could be uh, given by the player association at the next CBA negotiations. Never. You don't think so? Never. They will never do that. Never. No, because and look. They will never, I mean, I want to say never, based on their current stance, they will not allow anything that they view as a check on the market. That's right. And uh, I think that that is a hard-earned stance as a union that they have come to through being colluded against Fair enough. for decades by the monopoly who controls them. And so while I do think in a vacuum, right, like a deadline, yeah, of course it makes sense. It makes it more entertaining. It creates excitement. You know, it makes it so that you can, you know which day of the calendar it's going to be. It all gears up to it. It makes it easier on us. It makes it easier on the executives that there's a break. You know, they're not doing it. However, the fact that the owners for decades colluded to keep salaries down mm. and did not permit the players to earn wages that were commensurate with what they were producing for the owners, the union has basically reach the stance that we're not going to let you do that. We're not going to let you put in a cap. We're not going to let you put in deadlines. They're going to fight that tooth and nail. And that is their right. And hey, we are the only pro labor podcast. <laughs> the only pro labor podcast. Uh, I will say that uh, you are so much better at podcasting when you're not screaming <laughs> profanities and crying. Like you, you're lucid and helpful. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. I really It's good. also helpful that his cat's not trying to scratch his eyes out. <laughs> That's kind of nice too. Shout out to Harry. It's pretty, it's pretty rough that the only things that happened at this winter meetings are a reporter fell asleep. Uh, Marco Gonzalez got traded twice and I ate hot chicken. <laughs> this is uh, Alex Verdugo erasure. 
This yeah. is uh, Victor Caratini. Weird. That was kind of an, that's an interesting trade. It's a weird trade. It's yeah, kind of, especially Sox. if the Yankees are going to get one. It Soto. sounds like they're going to get, I mean, there's, yeah, it sounds like they're going to get Soto. So is, you know, for Dugo's expendable, does he become, is he a part of that trade? Is it could gonna... be. I mean, so the, the thing about that is like, yeah, uh, there's been some, you know, I had heard some stuff yes last night about how, um, you know, the, the Padres might have interest in him or might have expressed it before, but the Padres, you know, they express interest in a lot of players over the years, right? Like AJ Preller is an active guy. So like anyone who gets traded, there's a decent chance that the Padres have at some point, you know, contact, contacted the, uh, one of the teams about them. So I don't know. Um, well, here's the thing about the Padres. Mm-hmm. Not to interrupt you there, but like. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. Um, wow. There it is. Thank you. Um, boy, they got a lot of needs. Holy smokes. Yeah. If they're going to pull this off and it's like. You, and you you see what comes back, and you line up what they've got. They got to replace 500 innings. Yep. Yeah. Okay. They got holes all over. The, I mean, it, it's bad. Like, yeah. and you wonder how could this be a net positive, or even to break even, and like hope that maybe the luck turns for them, or whatever. I don't. I'm not sure what the path forward is for them to like actually win ball games next year. Well. They need arms. They need they, they need, absolutely a, need you arms, know yeah. a flotilla of arms. And then that's right? why the Yankees line the up Yankees and make sense, so much right? sense, right? Because you know they got they got Michael King, you know, they got Clark Schmidt, they got a lot of guys. Oh, who by the way, them. my favorite winter like this is a classic winter meetings thing. Oh, Michael King, that might hold up the deal. Stop <laughs> it. Well, so here's what I'll say about that, which I thought was funny because on the one hand, right, the the one of the package that was kind of floated. Uh, uh, like a week ago or so, I think it was a uh, friend of the show, Andy Martino had it, um, you know, what it was like Michael King and like five or six other guys, um, uh, prospect types plus money for Soto and Grisham. And it was, there was sort of a sense of like, well, this might not happen. This is too much. And on the one hand, like looking at that package, you're kind of like, yeah, that for one year. Yeah. So like that is a lot. And on the other hand, no offense to Michael King, but the idea that the trade, for Juan Soto would not happen because of Michael King, who's just became a starter a couple weeks ago yes. is like sort of makes your brain explode. Right. It's, it's like multiple things can be true. Right. You know? Right. Right. No, that, I mean, and that's a classic ploy too. I mean, it's, it's starter later. Like it's a very small sample size and this is like, yeah. it's a sell high situation, mm-hmm. obviously. So anyway, um, yeah, I, I wrote an article back in 2012 about Miguel Cabrera, and I did a lot of research uh, on like the rumors of the time when they, when they're talking about uh, the Miguel Cabrera trade when the Marlins are trading. So uh, the Roland deal may hinge on Miguel Cabrera being traded first. The cards poked their head in, but wouldn't part with Colby Rasmus. You know what I mean? It's like you go through and it's, you know, the Yankees, they want Miguel Cabrera, but they're really reluctant to trade Joba Chamberlain, Phil Hughes or Ian Kennedy. Yeah, that's how these right. things look in the future. But there is one like a at the very end where it's like the Dodgers aren't going to give up Matt Kemp and Clayton Kershaw. Well, that's the, yeah, it's Eric Bedard. Yeah. So like, it's like, oh. so if, if that trade happened, you wouldn't, be, you'd be what, like an elementary school teacher? <laughs> what, what, no, what's, what's your alternate profession? My biography about Dayton Moore would be out on May 7th. I love that. Uh, also called The Last of His Kind and also available uh, at pre-order from Hachette Books. A full uh, chapter on like, you know, the let evil, it go. evils. Let of, it go. Keep moving. Keep moving. I said my book would still be in the folder in my desk top untouched hey how many words is this story <laughs> <clears throat> we one, got here one no two three 
Man. No, it's, it's uh, this was when I had to crank Oh my out. god, look at that. This is when That's I had, a thousand words. That's pretty good. Dude, I this is like story 1 of maybe 7 I wrote that day. Like they, they put me through the grind back then. So Mark, what if you put in a rule that for every 500 words Grant writes, he has to conduct one interview? Oh, baby. I would be creepy like Mike Wallace at that point, right? Well, no, he would just never write again. Bettina <laughs> <laughs> Bungie. <laughs> I emailed lovely, the German Tennis that. Federation first, so that, that gets an email and a call. Ooh, that is 2013. Uh, uh, an article about Mike Kruko and Oh, Piper. okay. okay yeah, yeah. Yeah. Read our site, buddy. Aha. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> this is, uh, look, we got the Rule 5 this afternoon. Everyone's getting out of Dodge. It's been... Uh, it's not been an eventful week, uh, and sometimes that happens. I was sort of under the impression that uh, it 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 made sense on the surface for Otani to get it done this week. Uh, yeah. It's not gonna. It, I mean, unless I don't know, the state of the Boris is in about thirty five minutes, and Fine. so uh, it would be amusing if the Otani thing breaks at you know eleven fifteen is Scott's playing the hits. Um, so that is one thing to you know keep in mind. But um, I remember being. It, it, on, sitting on my bed the morning uh, my flight left in the afternoon and just sweating because I had to rank all the deals at the winter meetings. Like I, I was like doing a uh, one through 29, like the biggest impact. And I was like yeah. just pounding it out. And, uh, you know, and I, I was uh, I used a lot of words uh, to get there. <laughs> Every team deserves a little something. And that is just not what this winter meetings yeah. is. And I, Where would Andy acquiring and then flipping these moon pies rank? On the deals for this week. No, I'm just curious, Grant. When did your mom let you move your bed into the basement? Wow. Come on. That is such, a, that's such a tired stereotype, sir. <laughs> sir. Tired. <laughs> tired. <laughs> sir. Okay. She has an attic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's no basements in, in California. Right. That's a good point. Come, Come on, right. man. You're a moron. Come on. Uh, but yeah, no, Juan started. So you want to hear. I'm going to go on roster resource, a uh, very valuable resource, and tell you the, the uh, projected starting rotation as of now oh, for man. the Padres. Yeah, boy, oh, Joe boy. Musgrove, opening day starter, Pretty unless good. it's you, Darvish. Okay. Pretty good. Pretty okay. good. Okay. Matt Waldron. Uh-oh. Thoughts on Matt Waldron? It dropped uh -oh. off. Uh, Pedro Avila. Hey. Thoughts on Pedro Avila? That's a tough one. Jay oh. Groom. Oh. Uh, former Red Sox first-round pick okay. is on that team. Oh, okay, Groomer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> much about these guys uh so yeah they're trading soto to get starters and i'm what's re-signing blake snell like does that move the needle no, for no. You? well that's just a I, not, given their I mean, payroll situation not that's happening. not happening i mean they're trading juan soto to get to pay less money they're not gonna but i think in service of getting starting pitching right no i mean there's multiple things like they need to they need there there's a belief that they want to shed salary um and then also they're using that to fill the pitching void without spending because otherwise you're not really shedding salary like okay. this is what their situation like last week dennis lynn our padres writer does a great job decides he's going to do a detailed walkthrough about how mm -hmm. screwed the padres are mm. and at one point in there he's listing the needs and he puts how much money they have to spend on it and i thought to myself they'd have a hard time doing that in 1992. Oh, <laughs> okay. got it. It was okay. just like, you know, pitcher, pitcher, catcher, like someone to help yeah. the, you know, the, the catcher, blah, like, and it was like $11 million. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god. Ooh, yeah, right. Impossible. Right. It's like you get traveling like forward in time and then looking at the prices and then looking at your wallet and yeah, like this right. is not gonna add up. That's right. where the Padres are right now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you're talking like when it's Michael King, uh, the great Michael King, that it would be immediately <laughs> in the rotation, and that's yeah, how they're gonna bridge this. Yeah, they I mean that's so the only idea. Shot. Because if you if you look at their roster, right, they still have a lot of good baseball players. Sure. Like Manny Machado, they still have um, you know, Darvish, they still have uh, Fernando Tatis, you know, still have Hassan Kim, you know, all that sort of stuff. But the margins are pretty bleak mm. right now, you know, mm. and um, yeah, it's a good time to be the Dodgers, I guess, as always. <laughs> uh, I'm tired of them. Tired act. <laughs> For you. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys know who Cameron Crowe is? Yeah. yeah. I guess Miami's considering taking him in the Rule 5 draft. I like how he he said you guys know who Cameron Crowe is if he was talking about an obscure sort of like Polish director <laughs> teen wonder he was like the Chris Cotillo of movies <laughs> what that's accurate yeah you ever seen the film almost famous Mark uh no okay well it was made by Cameron Crowe oh about his about his you know sort of uh it's like uh what is it called Bilga Strungman Bettina Bungie. Bettina Bungie. No, but it's like uh, lovely interview. It's a story about a kid who uh, who becomes like a reporter for Rolling Stone when he's like 16 uh-huh. years old and goes out on tour with like a version. Who is Stillwater supposed to be? Like kind of like the Eagles. I I always thought Almond Brothers. But... Almond, yes, yes, okay. yes, yes. Producer Brian's nodding. Almond Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. makes sense. Anyway, Mark's already like moved on. Yeah, he's texting. Uh, no. Oh, he's texting David from at the Atlantic. <laughs> Just like, just power, power texting. <laughs> he's he's got he's he's a lister now, baby. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's uh, uh, yeah. I hate this show. All right, we are going. <laughs> we, Barry Weiss can write columns. <laughs> we are going to be right back. We we have a uh, special guest. I shouldn't say special guest because that'll hype it up. Too he's much. just a guest. We got Stephen Nesbitt. All right, we'll be right back. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort, but it's possible to have it both ways. I'm all set for summer thanks to Mack Weldon. The Vesper polo shirt is so breathable you can wear it on the golf course, but it looks classy enough to wear to a party. The Maverick Tech Chino short is ultra flexible, and the Pima Crew Neck T-shirt is perfect for those casual weekends. There's no need to be uncomfortable in your clothing ever again. Some guys just want to look good without calling attention to themselves. Mack Weldon Apparel gives you understated good looks for understated confidence. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of modern life. They look like regular clothes but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Breathable underwear that keeps you cool, dry, and comfy all day. Crazy comfortable but elevated sweatpants. An upgraded classic polo with antimicrobial silver threads. An ultra soft antimicrobial tee for when you need to stay fresh longer. That's the Silver Crew Neck T-shirt. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code MLBSHOW. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Promo code MLB show. 
Are you struggling to close deals? B2B selling is tougher than ever, and that's why I wanna tell you about LinkedIn Sales Navigator. One more great product from LinkedIn. You're there to network, you're there to look for jobs, you're there to post jobs, and how about LinkedIn Sales Navigator? It's a sales intelligence platform that helps professionals effectively prospect and engage high-value customers, drive higher revenue, and increase sales performance. Sales Navigator helps you target the right buyers, surface key signals such as job changes or which accounts you should prioritize and shows you hidden allies so you can find those buyers that are most likely to convert. Fueled by LinkedIn's 1 billion member platform, Sales Navigator gives you the most up-to-date first-party data enabling you to unlock conversations with the people that matter. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash baseball show. That is linkedin.com slash baseball show for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash baseball show and get started. We have a very special guest. Uh, he's definitely not our third or fourth choice. This is Stephen Nesbitt, uh, writer at The Athletic, who po- published a really great uh, day in the life of the winter meetings today. So we, we're talking about him. It, it, it's not navel-gazing, I think. It's, it's like important to know how absurd it all is. I think it is important that people know. It, it, it's such a – I don't think people come here looking forward to being at the Gaylord Opryland. Um, but you find yourself here, and – uh, I decided to just roam the halls for as long as I possibly could and rack up steps and, and write what I, what I see. And the strange thing is you realize by the mid-afternoon, like, you've already seen everything. Okay. That's kind of the point. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's nothing yeah. new. And you're just waiting for news. And so you're like, texting Ken, please do something for my day. Yeah. Help my story. But No, not so much. Yeah. I, I gave you a little t- uh, help in your story, and uh, it got it got pulled out. Yeah. I mean, I'd say that Dan Barbarisi squashed it, but I never even put it in the story. Please tell... You walked up here. I'll do it for you. Three twenty-five p.m. I'm in the media workroom. Grant Bisbee rushes up and says, "Take off your headphones. Listen, I got something for you." Yeah. Well, okay. So I met Jeff Sullivan, uh, formerly of Fangraphs, now of the Rays, uh, for coffee, and we sat down and we shared a bench in front of a waterfall, and it was kind of like all this foliage, and it was beautiful, and the waterfall was rushing down, and that's as close as I've ever come to being unfaithful to my wife. Like that <laughs> moment right there. Is that it was magical? So yeah, this place it's got a magic in it. That's good color right there. It's, <laughs> no, I'm telling you, that's the type of stuff I needed in my story. Yeah, <laughs> that feels like a first person piece you could write. Yeah, it was. Uh, he's a tall drink of water. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's a, he's a handsome fellow. Yeah. yeah, that Jeff Sullivan. Yeah, All that's right, the well. magic of the winter meetings, though. So what the else? Magic of this place. What else did you find? Um, my favorite thing was um, <laughs> there's little old ladies walked in. Um, and you, you kind of get like the sense, like maybe they're not here for baseball. <laughs> it's like Christmas sweaters, like taking photos of every, like literally every decoration around yeah. this, uh, 4.6 million square foot place. And, uh, I was like, I got to talk to some of them. So three of them were standing on a boardwalk and I come up like, Hey, are you guys, are you guys here for the baseball? And they're like, <laughs> no, we're, we're up from Louisville, like a senior citizens group. And, uh, and so I explained, you know, that's why you're seeing so many 20, 30 year old white dudes. And they're like, well, they're going to see a lot of 70, 80-year-old white women. <laughs> and that is 
the Gaylord Opryland <laughs> Hotel and Convention Center. <laughs> yeah, it's a great place for me because I have I have two kinks, right? Well, uh, the first is almost being run over by someone who looks like Cousin Greg staring at their cell phone, um, <laughs> dodging <laughs> dodging Cousin Greg's on their cell phone. Uh, is, that's, that's a good take. That's one of them. And then uh, my other one is I just love when someone looks at me for a split second to see if I'm important and then immediately breaks eye contact because I'm not. Yeah, uh, that is moi. That's that's what the winter meetings are all about. The winter meetings are the Olympics of seeing someone and being like, is that guy's name Dave? Ah, never mind. I just won't make eye contact. There's also the moments when you, they think they're being subtle. You can see their eyes going down to your credential. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Do mm-hmm. I know? No. no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. part of the winter Not meetings. Dance, right? Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. yeah the... Evan, Evan Drellick, um the other day, like this is a classic winter meetings thing. Like, sees somebody and he's convinced it's someone he knows. He's calling out his name, Eric, Eric. Dude turns around and goes, I'm Zach. <laughs> right? And, the, and this is class. So, like, I think, sorry to like veer on this, but like, okay, you guys know the Brent one. You guys would know this, right? I think on a sliding scale of one to 10, there's like an aggressiveness scale on reporters and like how quickly you get a phone number. How did you, right? yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. it turns out the dude was like someone in baseball that was worth kind of like getting to know. And I watched Evan like so. I I was probably about a six. Like I was right in the middle on that scale. Yeah. Not like overly aggressive, but not like you know scared to ask stuff. Evan's about a thirteen. <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't. I have your guys' number, Stephen. What's your number? Um, <laughs> speaking of drills, <laughs> he was walking by in the uh, big atrium yesterday with fine sand, and he pulls me aside. Hey. You getting these little old ladies yet? <laughs> yeah, that's just a that's a like, man. Good reporting here. Good reporters help each other out. You know. Yeah, it's a good team here. It's a good team. Yeah, management's a little, you know, whatever. But one of the, a little one of the whatever. Writers, one of the big moments of the day was uh, I mentioned there being a riverboat, and Barbarisi, my new dad, um, <laughs> said, "You know, you got you got to ride it, right?" Yeah. And so I I go on and I go on and uh, it's just me and like eight tourists they're all like 70 80 yeah men and women though like it's a good mix and uh the whole time i'm just looking up at the bridges being like i don't want anyone i know t- to see me i'm gonna have to text them and explain things <laughs> I feel- everyone else on the boat is like why is this guy giggling the whole time yeah <laughs> i feel like if you drank that water you wouldn't trip off mm. you know what i mean like i think it would be like maybe refreshing here uh, I will say that the uh, the atmosphere around the fountains and the rivers is excessively uh, uh, chlorinated. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. feels like a YMCA pool <laughs> situation. Like it's really it's humid, you know, effeted so, uh, is the is an adjective that comes to mind, which adds further to the uh, incredible biodome that we're in, in which you're surrounded by Christmas trees cousin greg's and then walking by someone and being like is that the farm no that's just the guy okay yeah yeah no i i feel like i could walk through the fountains uh barefoot without getting athlete's foot you know what i mean that, that's kind of the the vibe i get from it i was enjoying the fountains actually i was uh because i love hydrodynamics you know it's just it's wacky stuff and so watching everything collide in the the fountains the fountains here uh they get a they get an a plus for me how quickly would you uh would you cut the word hydrodynamics from a grant post well i mean it would be like you know shedding one word out of five thousand so i mean <laughs> yeah pretty quickly yeah it's been a slow slow week slow slow there's nothing week. to be done about hey, it you know? Kimmer, though? we got something happened on the O's did, front. Yeah. all right let's talk great yeah. you know i, I aesthetically <laughs> relievers like 
Kimbrell and uh, to a lesser extent, uh, Roldis Chapman or to a greater extent, uh, I don't like watching them. Like, and I can't imagine being a fan of, of, of one of those teams and like, okay, here you go ninth inning or a high leverage situation. Ah, like it just seems like it would constipate you for weeks. <laughs> I, I would say having watched Kimbrell uh, play for really good teams the last couple of years, you know, after kind of being in the wilderness for a little while, um, and this is not to slight Craig Kimbrell. Mm-hmm. He's, he's like as close to a Hall of Fame reliever as we've had, good, you good know, pitcher. of the of the Jansen Chapman uh, Kimbrell trio who sort of, you know, set the standard. He might have been the best. Um, but Nick Picoro from the Arizona Republic and I have talked about this. It's like every watching him get a strike <laughs> looks so hard. Yeah. <laughs> he has to work so hard. It seems like like ne- there's never an at bat that's just easy. It's yeah. just tidy, and it's you know he gets results. He's got he's still got great stuff, composure, all that, you know. But you just watch, and you're like, oh, this is just he is laboring. And there's an element too with when you watch Chapman, where like every at bat is like in the postseason, it seemed like every at bat he's like three zero, and yeah. then he makes the three <laughs> greatest pitches you have ever like a hundred and one one on one on the on the black <laughs> up and away, and you're just like. You know, and then the next at bat starts, and it's like ball two. Yep. You know, and there he is, and you just you know sweating, and but then it's just so uh, you know Kimbrel can't really do that anymore. His stuff is you know is is taking a step back, and so I don't know. We'll see. I mean, you know, the or it's it's an interesting play by the Orioles, who seemed like their mo with relievers was similar to what the Astros' mo had been with relievers, and what some other teams have done, which is just like, hey, let's find guys with big stuff. Yeah. And let's see if they can throw it in the zone for a year. Right. Yeah. Let's see if we can we, we can fiddle the knobs. You know, the Rays were on this several years ago, but it's just the idea of like, let's get guys with big stuff and just, hey, see if you can throw a strike. Whereas Kimbrel is let feels almost more of like, a, you know, the stuff is still kind of there, but it's not what it was. And it's not like you're betting on upside almost. So mm-hmm. it's an interesting, interesting sort of play as they try and rebuild that bullpen. Yeah, get guys with big stuff and fiddle the knobs. That's what Andy McCullough, uh, that, that's your philosophy? No, that I'm telling you that's what the I know, Orioles do. That just sounded like it's a good turn of phrase. Get guys with big stuff and fiddle the knobs. I'm I, here, I like that. I'm here trying to help get us through this while Mark just, like, does other work on the pod. <sighs> There's some situations developing that I have to oversee, okay? Okay, like what? Is podcast getting in the way? Yeah, um, a little bit. Yeah, you step away. No, I, I mean I'm good for now, but like there's stuff that that needs to be coordinated. Okay, so. is, is it? Uh, it's probably Ken beefing with someone else again. Right? No, he's constantly no. just throwing another sh- Ken beef. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just one of the like, Ken and Jason are always, you know, Jason Stark. They just mean people. Both of them very hey, mean. Speaking of Jason, you know what's unfair? That's every time, true, by the way, every time Jason comes into a scrum. The GM or manager will look at him and just brighten up. It's so unfair. Well, yeah, I'm, a, I'm in a Ben Charrington scrum yesterday, and we're having okay. a good conversation with everybody. Jason walks in, asks about uh, Yamamoto, and Charrington, who has no chance to sign this guy, no interest in signing this guy because you know money being what it is. Uh, he just, hey, Jason, and every, you know he'll he'll entertain any question. It's not fair. How these Hall of Famers get this kind of treatment? Well, it's he's just one of those guys that like absolutely no one dislikes. Yeah, yeah, and like one of those uh, like I'm trying to think of, like Anthony Bourdain or something. You know, he's just like he's just a guy that you, everyone can agree on. It's yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's, and it's like, like Beatles. 
it, well, there are some like uh, like See? zoomers who are. Oh, I thought you were gonna say you. You're like, well, you know, actually, it was the zombies. No, who my were favorite. Ahead of well, it, I would take uh, uh, Odyssey <laughs> and Oracle over almost any album in existence. Okay, I mean, I like that record. It's good. Perfect record. So anyway. the zombies were a band. Uh, no, I don't. Uh, not I got just the context. Uh, like, I not just it the, out. the yeah. villains on, um, you know, Shaun of the Dead. Okay. okay. Nez, well, what's your favorite uh, move of the meetings? Like, what, what, what's, uh, what's your whistle here? What's my whistle? Yeah, what's, um, like that oh, what's filling your tank this week? week? Bucko content. Marco filling Gonzalez getting That's hopped good. twice. Yeah. yeah. Um, to Atlanta, and they said we really have no, no interest <laughs> in keeping this arm around. Yeah. Um, Send me the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the Pirates need innings. It's where they are. They have um, not a whole lot happening in the rotation beyond Mitch Keller, who almost got to 200 innings. So, I mean, good move for yeah. them. They paid a guy to come pitch. Kind of. They got did they take, back. how much of the money did they take? I don't think it's been reported. Okay. I was just curious if. if uh, no, I don't know how much of the money, actually. He's also got an option with no buyout um, for the 25 years. So team player? Uh, club option, no oh, buyout. Okay. Oh, so yeah. He'll so get, they, that's fine. He'll it's, get, it's a one-year fine. deal for them. Yeah. They can flip them. Yeah. And someone, yeah, yeah, if he okay. does well, they can decide if they want to pay fifteen million. I think it is. Yeah. So, okay. Pirates winner of the so winner I just have a soft spot for guys who get traded twice. Like imagine the family dynamic. You go out and get a New Jersey, like Amazon Prime. I'm going to cancel that. I, I think Pirates, that the, never mind. Uh, gonna, we're going to get flipped to the deadline. <laughs> I think the Braves were kind enough to inform Gonzalez's representatives that he was not going to be a Brave. <laughs> That they did not intend to keep him as a brave. Yeah, I remember all the series that he could ring next year. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. But uh, maybe hopefully he gets a playoff share though. That's nice. I remember the Giants did this with Desi Relaford. They got Desi Relaford in the offseason and then traded him. But I don't think that was necessarily like a hey, we're just getting you to trade. I think that was like a true like uh, hey, welcome to the squad, Desi. Uh, oh wait, no, wait, something else caught our eye. Yeah, See I ya. mean, it was a more fun game back then. It was. <laughs> I brought up a visceral reaction from producer Brian. Yeah, producer Brian is like shaking Desi his Relaford, head. He goes, yeah. Why are you so upset about Desi Relaford? <laughs> All right, he doesn't know. <laughs> he doesn't know. He's remembering some dudes. Uh, emotions. I'm, I'm trying to, like, I've got Twitter up because I think the Ford C. Frick uh, is going to be announced. What did you call soon? it? The Ford C. Uh, <laughs> the award, the uh, Hall of Fame stuff for uh, broadcasters, and then there's the other one for writers. Uh, I... I don't. I don't even know if I'm nominated. <laughs> It'd be like a nice surprise if it just came up on my Twitter uh, feed. Yeah, yeah. Someone else can take the reins at any time. I carried it. I mean, Mark's working. You know. I know. Maybe up. maybe it's our guest's fault. I want people to watch this on YouTube and just be like, Mark's eyes. <laughs> I know. The table I know. Time. Yeah. I know. Sorry, there's like winter meetings, rumblings going on. Oh wow. So, yeah. Rumblings. Rumblings. Really? Yes. Good rumblings. The winter meetings of discontent here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Seriously, the tiredest winter meetings of all time. But literally like, tired. I yeah. mean, they. I guess if they're gonna, like if they're going to have this event, right? I do think as a sport they should incentivize teams to act. How? That's the problem. Moon right? pies. Moon, well, the the problem is again like the owners have lost. The owners have not. And maybe probably never will be able to do enough to win back the ability to manipulate them or whatnot. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah. the, the, this is you know you reap what you sow, and this is so downstream from stuff that was going on in the '70s and '80s. But like, you can't manipulate the market to generate interest because the union will always oppose it, as they probably should, based on what the history is. And so, yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> so it's just it's like a non-starter. 
almost, yeah. you know? And so we just kind of have to, you know, grit our teeth and hope that, you know, it's a year that stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, it'll be a year like this where we all got to work next week too. Yeah. That's a good point. I don't, I mean, yeah, no, it's just, well, it's just, it's like, I get it. Like I get why, you know, everyone's like, Oh, we got to spice up the winter meetings. You can't have a winter meetings where nothing happens. It's like, well, look, it's the owners, man. Like they built this, they have a monopoly. They exploited the labor in the monopoly for so long. You guys are all just looking at your phones. Well, I, I thought we got a is, Ken bomb. I thought it was a Ken got? bomb, and then it said Luke had an incident bit by friend and bit back. And bit back. Uh, oh, so that's oh, wow. daycare. Uh, Royals, so three-year-old stuff. Thanks, Ken. Royals and Ken Dan Altavilla, Altavilla agreed to a minor league deal. That's breaking from producer Brian. Um, but also, uh, we've got. <laughs> Ken retweeting uh, Brendan, our, our Yankees writer, uh, as Joel Sherman reported, Yankees have been softening on the idea of surrendering Michael King. They're more willing to no include way. Drew Thorpe, I'm told. Oh, well, it's unclear if they do both at the same time. So if you're looking for like a King Thorpe combo uh, for Juan Soto, uh, prepare to be disappointed. All I you just, Thorpe heads in I San can't Diego. Believe you bit back. <laughs> like he's gotten bit at school so many times and he's never bit back. Wow. But dad leaves for one. I know, I know. But uh, yeah, Thorpe. I mean, yeah, Otis Thorpe, good basketball what's, player. <laughs> uh, what's your What's your favorite Thorpe? Uh, Gino Apple. Thorpe, former Penn State uh, hoops. Okay, a man from PA. I'm a soft spot for PA. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. fair enough. How you're, about you? You're a Yinzer. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not a Yinzer. I just lived there. Uh, what is in that Aquafina bottle? What is in that? Water. No, it's water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Water ice. Water. Uh, anyways, no. I, I, I'm from Michigan. Fi- I'm just talking like this. <laughs> uh, Jim Thorpe. I think I did. That's an easy one. That's like the R. Never heard of him. T S N L E of of picking a Thorpe. Anyways, uh, I guess we can wrap this up because we got half of the panel Mark, on their phones. Do you have phones. anything to anything you want to add? Mark's talking to anything Colin you want to bring up? No, like nothing. Why? I, don't know, I was going to tee you up for just. George King stories. That's all I heard. <laughs> we, we were all out, out late last night, and uh, and it was just one George King story after another. I was, I Man. was, I was enjoying it. Yeah, I missed no. that era. No, what an era! Yeah. What an era! I, I missed that era. Yes, you have to go to the press box Living to see that era. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everyone talking about the Halcyon days of like the early 2010s uh, Yankees beat. I'm like, yeah, but listen, 2016 Bucko beat. Oh, okay. boy, we some stories. Adam, yeah. Adam Barry. I do think the reader, the the viewers, the listener, listeners, the they did get a good um, understanding for how much we respect Ken Rosenthal. That if your phone buzzes with a text from him, your brain just immediately shuts out whatever you're doing. Yes, so, like, I'm at dinner with my wife, and my phone buzzes, and it's Ken, and she's just telling a story, and I am in a completely other world, like different world. Like, I just have no concept of anything besides I need to respond to Ken. Yeah. Right now. That's the magic. And I need to get, like, he is the most powerful man in the world. Like, he is Oz, except for if Oz was actually the great and terrible. Yeah. Uh, The second most powerful man uh, in the world after Mark Kerrig. No, I am his editor right now. And when he texts, like, I get get, get so scared. Yeah. (laughs) I I get so scared. Like, oh, what happened? Yeah. Did Did you hear the story about how, um, how Mark, uh, a couple years ago when Ken was working on a story, Mark sent him a story that he himself had written to teach Ken how to write? Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) He said, uh, hey, Ken, maybe you can do this. Like, I did it. God. Do the voice. Do the voice. 
hey, uh, Ken, uh, if you're looking for a way to get better as a writer, you could maybe follow someone like me. <laughs> and Ken, chasing your tail. Ken, Ken goes to me, he goes, hey, listen to what Karig just did to me. <laughs> he sent me one of his stories. You're cleaning, and said, up, you're cleaning it up, but yeah. 990 words. And said, and said hey, <laughs> if you need any help, just write like this. Oh, uh, yeah. Now that is... Uh... No, he just said that to all of us. Karig just sends... I actually... I, I wrote something about that 10 years ago. Might want to follow suit. Now that I'm oh, your, everyone's man. boss. We're sorry to the, the <laughs> listeners and the this viewers. Is what, no, it, well, listen. this is hard. Look, we're getting pulled in different directions and stuff is cooking. They, 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 I mean, I wish this was Sunday. Dan Altavilla to the Royals on a minor league deal. I mean, come on. <laughs> Hot stove, baby. Let's get... No, I think if... Like I always say, once you get to minute 42 of the round table... Yeah. If you're still in, right? You're this is this is the you know heroin at the end of the cigarette. This is the <laughs> you know this is the good stuff. Okay. This is the black tar. Yeah. <sighs> what a time. What a time. All right. This has been episode number seventy-seven of the round table. Uh, we got nothing. That should be our new motto. The round table <laughs> it certainly is this week. We got nothing. We got nothing. But thanks for listening or watching. We will see you, Brian. Soon. I just, uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. I was very wrong. <laughs>